Hi there, I'm Michael Hall. And I'm Andy Davis. And we want to welcome you to The Dead Vantage, where two old school dads talk and embrace musical play. That's us. That's what we're here for. You can find us on the socials at on Twitter at the underscore dad vantage. And then you can find us on Facebook at, at the dead vantage podcast. Just do a little search and they'll track us down pretty easily. Sign up, give us a like, give us a follow, do all the things. That's right. We <laughs> like engaging with our followers. So please that's do right. join us. That's right. Um, and Andy, you forgot to mention that we do, we do a dad joke. Oh, that's right. And yeah, at the end of all these, we do a dad joke. I got all right, all so- locked and loaded. Oh, excellent. So today we're going to mix it up and we're going to do, we we really liked doing our favorite spells the other day. So we're going to keep on that path and we're going to talk about our favorite feats today. So Andy, right. what, what do people need to know? Like just in general, like you and I have a pretty aligned We're we're, I'm a little bit more of a min-maxer. You're a little bit more of just pure flavor. So where I'm at with feats is I think we talk a lot about flavor on this podcast. We like talk a lot about like, how do you personalize and make characters really not just a generic thing. They're a great way to give yourself a mechanical advantage that also delivers, I think in a lot of cases delivers a lot of flavor about both how the character plays, but then also how you can kind of elaborate on the story of your character, which is I think a big fun, one of the biggest fun parts about fifth edition. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's there are a lot of sort of flavorful mechanics that are built into the classes and the subclasses, but those are pretty linear. The feat allows you to add a much more personalized version of that flavor to to meet your character's sort of conception uh, right, right, in a better right. way that may be a little different <laughs> than the sort of classic stance of the subclass. And, and I think it also, you know, I think, again, when we get into this, just as we talk about this idea of personalization, it it adds capability to your character, right? It adds, a, maybe your character is a half caster and you're not quite where you want to be. You'd like to be a little more magically empowered. Some of the, there are a lot of feats that will give you just a little, a couple more spells, spells mm-hmm. to be able to tap into, or you're on the flip side of it, you're just looking for something that is your conception of this particular fighter is somebody who's a master of all these things. And, and, and the way to make them even more effective is to reach out and, and take something to take a feat that is going to like, just add to that. They, they basically they give you capability that backs up how you're conceptualizing character. Yeah. I think that it, you, you, you triggered something for me Andy. like the other thing I like about it is that sometimes you have a character concept and you think you have to dial into a subclass in order to get that concept, you can actually dial into a different subclass and use the feet to give you the flavor that you wanted right. in your concept. Exactly, exactly. Add your magic to your magic, magic ability or ones that can do that. Like you can be a fighter with a little bit of magic and you don't have to be an Eldritch Knight to do exactly. that. Exactly, that, that, and that's it, right? That's it exactly. Because, I mean, there are so many subclasses. There are so many classes now available. You really can build almost anything that you want. But the idea of being able to just, again, do those little tweaks and tunes and and really create these, especially over 10, 12, 15 levels, like the ability to really flesh out that story mm-hmm. and make that person, make that character exactly what you want them to be is great. It's fantastic. Okay. I think the way we talked about doing this is uh, 
Both of us have picked our top three. Now this is top three out of quite a lot of feats that are now available as a stock from all the different rule rule sets that are available. But we're, we both have gone through and picked our top three. We're going to go through, we'll read the description. We'll talk a little bit about why we like them. We'll just alternate back and forth. And then we both have a few honorable mentions to go through at the end. Again, it's not nothing about them makes them the best feat or the worst feat. This is all just stuff that we like because we, I love the flavor of them or they're things that fit really well with different sorts of classes. It can be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's awesome. All right, Andy. So how, we, we usually handle this in the most D&D way of all things. Okay. Who's going to go first? I'm going to I'm going to roll some initiative, Michael. Right on. Let's do it. Oh, oh. <laughs> I rolled a one. Well, I rolled a nat 20. Oh, so, I guess you're going first, Michael. Going first. <laughs> you got to roll a nat one. Initiative is the place to do it, guys. Right, yeah. Well, or maybe not. I don't know. This is uh, pretty freaking important. Yeah, uh, speaking of alert feet, <laughs> which is on my sort of second tier. So I, I'm going to go with one that I just like. I, I think it's also actually pretty strong mechanically. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I think it's underappreciated mechanically. I'm going to go with the mobile feat, Andy. There are a lot of other sort of min-maxing feats that you could choose out there. We'll talk about those sort of at the end. But I I like mobile because I love playing... I love playing dexterous characters, but not necessarily always wanting to play a a rogue, right? Right. I like the idea of sort of the swashbuckler or that kind of sort of fight, a fighter who's a little bit more agile than, than tanky. And mobile feat just really... It's one of those things that I really like. think that, that mechanically an extra 10 feet. So you are exceptionally speedy and agile. You gain the following benefits. Your speed increases by 10 feet. When you use the dash action, difficult terrain does not cost you extra movement on that turn. And when you make a melee attack against a creature, you don't provoke opportunity attacks from that creature for the rest of the turn, whether you hit or not. That's pretty that, good, yeah, right? Like, no, that's great. Very good. That basically means you can get pretty much anywhere on the on, on the battlefield pretty easily. And the fact that you don't provoke opportunity attacks if you attack somebody means you can get away. So yeah. it's just a really, it's a really, really strong feat in my mind. And it's just flavorful, right? You're dashing yeah. around doing stuff. I love it. I think, I think in a lot of ways, like that's what I, what I like about it is it, it enables those sort of storytelling choices of I'm going to leap from here to here and I'm going to run along the wall and then I'm going to bounce down and I'm going to do this. And I'm, it gives you that sort of opportunity without having mm-hmm. to be, in those sort of classes like monk or rogue that have yeah. those capabilities more more baked into them yeah i mean and, you put you yeah. put this on a monk it makes sense but you put it on a tabaxi fighter and all of a sudden oh yeah they're you're like fresh in the field yeah right? and you're and you're and and you're in the the and that tabaxi fighter you get to describe them as like yeah i'm like a literal panther and i'm yeah. leaping up and my claws dig into the walls yeah. and I'm running along the walls and then I'm leaping yeah. down. I mean, it really can't, it does give you kind of, right. Cause it doesn't say your walking uh, speed increases. It just says your speed, speed increases. increases. Exactly. exactly. Pretty, pretty bomb. That's pretty it. fun. So I like that. I like that I, in the same vein of maybe not the most flavorful one, but one that I do really enjoy is a sentinel. Right. Mm. So Sentinel, you have mastered the techniques of taking advantage of every drop in an enemy's guard, gaining the following benefits. When you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, their speed becomes zero for the rest of the turn. Creatures provoke an opportunity attack from you, even if they take the disengage action before leaving your reach. 
And when a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than you, and the tar- that target doesn't have this feat, you can use your reaction to make a melee weapon attack against the attacking creature. So uh, this is like this just an amazing feat for uh, any sort of tank or tank adjacent yeah. type build. I mean, really, you just think, I love to think about it as um, the the fighter and he's got he's he's got his spear or his, his quarterstaff and people are trying to get past him to attack the rest of the party and he's just like nope i'm gonna be i'm gonna block you wherever you go oh you want to leave no nope, you don't get to leave either i'm just you, it just becomes this amazing thing to tie people down yeah. and that's at a, at a tactical level and it's just very fun to imagine this character who it, it really to me is one of those things that embodies that like protector kind of character who really is there to like i'm here literally to watch over everyone i mean it's just baked into the name sentinel but yeah, I'm here to watch over everybody and take care of them of all the ones we chose is the most classic thing approach but what i love about it is that there aren't a lot of mechanical ways to force monsters to attack you right right um, right right and you're just reliant on the dm deciding yes they're going to attack you and Sentinel actually is one of those that says, yeah, no, they have to, they have to stay close to me kind of. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, it's a, like a functional tank. They monsters can run around you. Like, yeah. You yeah. Know, but this, this it, sort of forces them to stay close. And when you, when it gets paired with some of the other things, yeah. like, I mean, they're, you can't actually pair it with Polar Master. It doesn't. They've like I think Jeremy Crawford has explicitly said these two don't work together because it would make Polar Master gives you reach and gives you a bunch of uh, some other things to do that you can do with with a quarter staff or something like that. When you pair those things, it does become start to get kind of crazily OP. OP yeah. But it's like Great Weapon Master and Sentinel is a pretty classic and very very potent combination. Yeah. Be like, oh yeah, oh hey, so long as you have a reaction left, it really gives you a ton of opportunity to kind of does. tie down big chunks of the battlefield in ways that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do as a player. Super fun. I'm into it. Yeah. So my cool. next one, I, I have paired this with mobile in the past. I think I even did it on one of our head-to-head builds, and I, I really love the two together. But it's actually pretty powerful in and of itself, and it's kind of just really... Um, I think it's super flavorful. And again, also, I think underappreciated in terms of what it actually does mechanically, because I think it's actually pretty strong mechanically too. Yeah. It's Slasher. Uh, I right. think Slasher is a really cool, and this came out in Tasha's, and it's I think it's really cool. You know, one of the things I love about it is that it's a half feat, and I like anything that's a half feat because you get that benefit of being able to up one of your ability scores by one. Yeah. So you've learned where to cut and have the greatest results granting you the following benefits. You increase your strength or dexterity by one to a maximum of 20. That's just good, right? Like getting a plus one on your strength or dexterity. Well, especially if you're just right on the bubble to go up to the next like Yeah, uh, get to even. It means like when you're doing your your point buys, you can can afford to take something in the odd, knowing that you're going to be able to get it up to the next level with this feat. And then once per turn, when you hit a creature with an attack that deals slashing damage, you can reduce the speed of the target by 10 feet until the start of your next turn. You can see that I praise a pretty high importance on mobility. <laughs> and, um, but again, I, like, well, it, I, it's one of the things I love about Mon- the, the new multiverse uh, piece. Everybody's, they've balanced everybody's speed. 
so that it's you, you're not like halflings and and dwarves, small creatures their, are their legs just move a lot faster. Yeah, <laughs> you aren't you aren't you aren't penalized for taking yeah. those. And again, yeah. these were probably even more powerful when back when some characters were penalized for their size. Clearly, tactically, mobility on the field is really important. It gives you a lot of options. It opens up a lot of options. Now, if right. you're this is because I like playing on a grid. I like, I'm not, a, I don't do a lot of theater of the mind play. Right. If you're doing theater of the mind, maybe these things aren't nearly as powerful as I like to think they are. But again, I think they have flavor, right? You yep. like you're, you're, you've got a cutlass, you're a swordsman and you're able to slash and, and reduce people's hamstring them, right? It leads I, to a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think, and I think one of the things, the ability to, to give someone to that sort of added thing of like, you'd get a critical hit. And on top of the damage, you're also imposing disadvantage. Disadvantage. Right? When you score critical, rows. when you score critical with slasher, they now have a disadvantage on on until the start of the next turn is, on all the all their all yeah. their attack rolls. Yes, which is just, I mean, and again, it's it's all it's all sort of bounded by the that that it has to happen under the effect of a critical. But it's a great sort of thing to think like, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna just. Like that idea of hamstring, hamstring that idea. Yeah. again, it gives this great opportunity to, as a DM to then sort of describe the action, to describe, to get into yeah. like how this thing, or even as a player to say like, oh yeah, I got the critical. I want to yeah. do this. I splash I across their forehead and blood yeah, splits you know, in their blood, eyes uh, and now, now they, they have they, advantage. Yeah. Right? There's, there's all sorts of fun stuff you can do with that. Yeah. And yeah. particularly powerful for monsters that have multiple attacks, right? If they've got yeah. three attacks per turn and you've all of a sudden given them disadvantage on all of them. Woo. Yeah. Right. So again, underappreciated from a min-maxing perspective, underappreciated from a mechanical perspective, but I really love it flavor-wise too. It combines really well together into this idea of something and something that I don't see a lot of people take. I've taken it right. a couple of times and I loved it. Right, right, right. <clears throat> okay. So for my number two, I, I went I went hard the other way to what I would consider as full flavor. <laughs> full flavor. Full flavor. We're gonna flavor blast this. Wait, maybe not flavor blast. That might not be the best turn of phrase, everyone. So this is a this the the one I picked for my second one is Flames of Phlegathos. Please don't ask me who Phlegathos is. I don't know, but it the really the only prerequisite we haven't. Some of these feats are limited to certain races, right? That some of the and this particular one is limited to tieflings. But you learn to call on Hellfire to serve your commands, and you gain the following benefits. You get a bonus to either intelligence or charisma by one up to a max 20. So it's that sort of little half half mm-hmm. bump that we were just talking about. When you roll fire damage for a spell that you cast, you can re-roll any ones. So you cast that fireball, you get your 8d6, but three of them come up ones. It's really underwhelming that you can just basically scoop those up and re-roll them. Yeah, and then which is awesome. And then whenever you cast a spell that does cause that causes that deals fire damage, sorry, that you caught you can choose to have flames erupt over your entire body, just badass until the end of your next term and turn. And uh, the flames don't harm you; they don't harm your stuff. They shed bright light out to thirty feet, dim light everywhere, and you're literally on fire. And while they're present, any creature within five feet of you that hits you takes a, a, a d4 of fire damage for yeah. that turn i don't think you know? i've ever seen this feat in action anymore. i now want to yeah I, I, I was like looking through the list i don't play a lot of tieflings but this is the sort of thing that would make me want to play tiefling mm-hmm. like it's just like 
absolutely a hundred hundred percent like you're going over the top i am child of the devil i want to be able to burst into flames like, at I, the drop of oh a hat because you know it's any fire you cast a spell that could be firebolt yeah i mean you could just be casting you could be a wizard casting firebolt at every level at every every round and you're erupting into flames and you're this crazy tank or you could like you could see where if you could like green flame blade like this would be like a way to min max thing there's a spell green flame blade that some i can't remember exactly who gets the who gets that spell but it is a green flame. Yeah. It's fire. I think, I think it's on Rangers, I think. Yeah. I so, else, yeah. There's like else. a there's a build where you can cast green flame blade as a bonus action, then you attack. Mm-hmm. But the idea to have that and this and then erupt into flame, be able to re-roll any ones you get on that fire damage from your green mm-hmm. flame blade. You could see how you could build it into a crazy sort of I might have to build this now, some sort of crazy like fire, just absolute bonkers on fire all the time, Eldritch Knight type character would be a ball yeah and again from like this is all might not be the perfect spell tactically in every situation no, it's but just fun but fun but yeah, fun, so, yeah fun. exactly you but would fun. always enjoy every time you yeah. use that feat you would enjoy it yeah and that's exactly. really what we're talking about is yeah. that you would you would you would enjoy using it you would get it would it would meet the rule of cool every single time. Uh, yeah, every single time. And you could and, and it gives you the opportunity to then argue with your DM of like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm angry. I just want my horns to burst into flames, right? Like, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, half the time your body bursts into flames anyway. So yeah, why not have your right. your your horns on fire all the time as a tiefling, which would be rad. Awesome. So yeah, so I, the I'm flames in, of Legathos. It took me Love about it. 15 times, everybody who's listening to figure out how to pronounce that in anything that. approaching. I think half the reason <laughs> I've been afraid of that is when I don't play a lot of tieflings, but every time I've seen it, I'm like, I can't say it. So why would Fl- I get Gu- it? Gu- uh, <laughs> it's very it's right? flames of phlegm. That's, that's in the it's original the tiefling. Of- that's how <laughs> yes, you say it in the original that's tiefling. That's right. Flames of <laughs> the abyssal. The abyssal. Yeah, the abyssal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got another one that like, uh, again, yeah. pretty, pretty normal, but in some ways, but I just, it, it, I love it because of you flavor wise for you. It just does a lot of things flavor wise. So it's Faye touched and right. Faye touched is another one of these half feats. You can choose intelligence, wisdom, or charisma gives you a plus one, which is pretty cool. That's super cool. Right. Like that, again, yeah. I love anything of these half feats because they also give you something really cool. What do they give you, Andy? They give you spells. Right. Um, <laughs> turn any character you want into a minor spellcaster or just add to the grouping of spells, particularly for half casters like bards or a sorcerer who has limited spell options. You can start adding to your, your magic mix without really hurting yourself I, with your limited right. spell slots and things like that. So you increase your intelligence, wisdom, or charisma by one max 20. The first thing you get out of Fate Touch is Misty Step, which is just fun. There's nothing wrong. Awesome Misty spell. Step. Great spell. We talked about it in our in our favorite spells list. I think I don't think either one of us chose it, but we've talked about the possibility of choosing it. And then you get another spell, right? You not just get Misty Step that you can cast once, regardless per long rest, and you sit in your spell slots if you have them. Um, mm-hmm. But you get a free casting of it. You can choose a spell of what is the the grouping here. It's I guess it doesn't say here, but it 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 it's a it's sort of it looks like the mostly the wizard list, but I I actually don't know what list this is. The main thing that you can get out of this that I love is you can get, there's like four or five spells that can really dial in your flavor, 
right? right you can right, get right. hex. Hex is just a fun spell. It's not great spell, but it's a fun spell flavor wise, yeah. right? Um, you could get heroism adding to your 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 yep. your hit points, right? That again, that can be really powerful because it scales really nicely. You can get bless also another like if you're a min maxing machine, bless is never a bad thing to. And then you can also do things like hideous laughter, dissonant whispers, silvery barbs. So again, there's just mm-hmm. a lot of depending on where you want to go. Like you could sort of describe any of these things as just abilities, not necessarily. Yes, they are spells, but you can sort of, you could flavor them any way you want. So yeah, they could really could... fit in. They could fit in with your character concept. I took this on one of my characters just so that I could get hexed because I saw her as being cursed. Remember my cursed bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just wanted her to have hex because I wanted her to be like, she she learned how to hex people because she was she was kidnapped by uh, a, a the, coven, yeah, right? Yeah, and I wanted her to be able, and I wanted her to be able to uh, hex people because of yeah. that, yeah. right? So it, it, it again, not the most powerful spell, but really, it's a good spell, but it right. really, really fit in with the concept. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And 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 I think also you can you can also. The other way to think about the feats is ways to inspire character concepts too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there are some very specific ones like that. I'm not even sure I would put in like my honorary mention list, like Dungeon Delver, right? Yeah. But if you take that feat, like that feat is talking very specifically about a type of character who spends all their time obsessing, thinking, and digging into tombs and going down into all the dark places in the realm to to dig out things of value, right? Like, that's a very specific type of... And for that character... like So you might look at that and go like, oh, yeah. Oh, that I would like to be that that kind of guy. How can I make yeah. that interesting? And you start you, with the feet and back into the other you, part you, of it. You just hit something that I'm constantly debating in my game. <laughs> I, I am constantly sort of, I want to reward my players with a feat rather than yeah. a level, rather than a magic item. I'm constantly like, I would like to reward them with a feat. Now, the problem is I don't want, I, I, I if I could do it, uh, and I'm always debating it, is I would say it has to be a second tier feat. Or a third tier feat. Oh, right, right, right. Right. right like right. I, I'm not saying I'm gonna give you a feat and you get to choose sharpshooter or great weapon master, which are <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. I want them to choose Dungeon Delver. Give me a feat right. that fits with your concept that is not OP, but just really leans into RP. That that's something we should continue to talk about. Like how do you how do you reward characters? Mm-hmm. How do you reward people for without going to the full without going to like oh yeah you get to level up or you get yeah. whatever i mean that's one of, i think one of the downsides of milestone leveling yeah would that it, it that it's it's very you you hit those that milestone and if it's not pretty well defined in the dm's mind about how you do it your characters can kind of level up very very quickly because everybody wants to level up as quick as they can and when there's no meter there for them to work against sometimes right. it bites them but it, the idea of doing like sort of interim things of yeah, rewarding with a low feat. key feats. Well, especially, I like that. In a high, I've debated it in a high magic setting, saying everybody can take a feat as long as it's a feat that gives you a magic spell. 
right? Like I've debated starting a right. game that way in a high magic setting, seeing that everybody in this world has a little bit of magic. So take a feat that gives you a little bit of magic, magic no matter who right. you are. That sort of fits in with the Strixhaven curriculum, yeah. right? Like, yep. Yep. like everybody there, you, you're you're a Strixhaven student, so you basically get a spell because you're going to take you get that feat along with being the background. Right. So I actually had a player who wanted to use that as a background. I said, you can take that as a background, but I can't give you the feat unless I give everybody in the party a feat because right. I felt like it was unfair to give you basically a free feat. So it's not OP; it's just extra. And it's yeah, just a, yeah. it's a it's an extra thing that a lot of people could use. So again, let's talk about it. I think it's a good yeah. Section. At some point, we should yeah. yeah. We maybe we maybe we need to create our own list of lesser feats for that are specifically around rewards. flavor and like yeah. re- little rewards that you can get. Yeah. Something that would be yeah. really interesting. I've, I've okay. thought about designing feats for that too. Yeah. All right, Andy, bring us home. Yep. So this is my my number three guy, and again, this is sort of this is both super useful and flavorful, right? And it depends on how you use it as a character, but basically it's the inspiring leader feat. So you spend 10 minutes inspiring your companions, shoring up their resolve to fight. When you do so, choose up six friendly creatures, which can include yourself within 30 feet of you who can see or hear you and understand. And they all gain temporary hit points equal to your level and your charisma modifier. They can't gain temporary hit points from that. I, basically, a creature can't gain temporary hit points from this feat again until it has finished a short or long rest. So you basically can give it once per short rest. It involves giving your character giving a speech. Now, where the flavor for me comes in is <laughs> as a DM. What's that speech sound like, Jet, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you can. And it doesn't have to be role played out, but you do have to yeah, sort of say like, "What are you gonna?" What yeah, what are you, what are you, your speech? yeah, what are we talking about here? Are you going to do the sort of brave heart run up and down the battle, in front of the battlefield and you smear your face with blue paint and scream and get everybody pumped up? Or are you going to be, is your inspire, is your inspiring speech? No, we're going to, we're going to sit around like, and I'm going to diagram out all the plays and it's going to be like a coach, yeah. however you want to do that. But it is an opportunity again, for you to think about like, okay, how might you do it as a person, but then also how might your character, character do it? Right. Like I'm, I'm always talking about Akimbo because I love him. He's a great character. He's a he's a rogue, arcane trickster, rogue, stage magician type. If he had the inspiring leader feat, which he does not, but he might at some point. If he did, 100%, his inspiring leader thing is going to be him doing a magic show. Okay, everybody, I got a show for you. Let me do a trick. It's going to be 10 minutes of him doing card tricks. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Exactly. So, like that. And I just feel like, (laughs) so let's go out there and get them, boys. Whatever it is. It's, I just think there's a, there's a ton of fun to be had in, in that. And I, and, and I will say that's actually true of most of the feats, yeah. right? It is all in how you choose to apply them. And if you're just going to dig in and find a little bit of, find that little crack that'll let you kind of open them up and create some opportunities for some real fun gameplay. That's great. And I love it. Yeah. I, I see that one. It's like prefer perfect for like my character is a nobleman or my character was a soldier or whatever. Like yep. it's, it's like for, there are a lot of backgrounds that really fit with that one. All right, let's go through just a few honorable mentions and then we'll yeah, wrap yeah, yeah. up. I, I think for me, the honorable mentions that I, I love, I, I love alert. I think, again, you can see, yeah. you can see kind of, kind of characters I choose. I like bards and I like, <laughs> you know, like swordsman kind of things. Alert, because yep. partially because of the initiative bonus is just fantastic. If you want to say that your character never gets surprised, alert is the way to go. Right. I think along the same touch, the fate touch side, you could also, if you really want magic, magic initiative, a magic initiate, 
yep. is fantastic, right? And then there are, of course, ones like Eldritch Adept or what's the Sorceress one, Metamagic Adept, if you're a Sorcerer or a Warlock, those are kind of must-haves. But again, those are sort of min-maxing must-haves, not necessarily flip. Yeah, not necessarily flavor-oriented stuff. And I, uh, one last sort of one other one I'll throw in there is like resilient constitution, really good add-on to a lot of magic yeah. uh, casters yeah, yeah, for yeah. constitution saving throws and things yeah. like that. So, and these are some of these are ones that I have played. Some of these are ones that I have always looked on. Like, I, I don't know how much flavors to be had in Warcaster, no. other than talking about it. But it is like if you are a caster of any sort, and it is um, super super useful. It's almost a you almost you almost have to have it in, at some level as a war ca- with warcaster, but I I actually really like a lot of the stuff like second chance and which imposes which you get a so you get a little buff to like dexterity or strength or cost sorry dexterity constitution or charisma, and you can impose advantage on people. I think it is only for it's a halfling thing. There's also but there's also stuff like what the hell lucky and bountiful luck yeah which just give you like re-rolls and like let you kind of like help out bountiful luck lets you help out your party and give them advantage in certain circumstances lucky just lets you say like hey i'm just a lucky guy but bang yeah it's fun it's a little powerful but it's fun it's fun yeah it's you know it's and but and then but i then i've also like seen like keen mind keen Mm -hmm. mind is a great one to just torture your dm with of like oh yeah no no i just know where north is i never get lost i'm always yeah. i always remember everything that i've seen it, it's really good flavor for, for yeah like, for the big spell casters and stuff it yeah. can be really fun but yeah they're again they're all good they they have and i would just really encourage our listeners as you're thinking about feats think about them tactically because clearly they have tactical benefits but also think about them from like a flavor perspective of like okay well what happens if maybe something has changed. Maybe you're in the midst of some other adventure and you're like, oh, well, maybe I'm actually, this character's starting to move in this other direction. Oh, if I take a feat, I don't have to like fully multi-class, but I might be able to take a feat and become, to sort of reflect this growth that they're having in this area without without having to. Yeah, you nailed it. Those are all things that I think you should consider. And as a DM, you should encourage your characters, your players to consider. All right, today was a short one. Why don't you bring us home with a with a dad joke? Yeah, this is great. I, so I saw this from at Spontaneous DM on the Twitters, but I thought it was pretty hilarious. So I'm going to steal it right now. Just say thank you very much. Give credit where it's due to Spontaneous DM. Michael, how many clerics does it take to fix a broken light bulb? I don't know, Andy. How many clerics does it take? Just one who can cast Cure Light Wounds. <laughs> that hardcore DD dad joke everybody hardcore it's really it's <laughs> deep cut oh that's awesome i love it um, my lights so once again everybody thank you so much we really appreciate you this podcast has been a ton of fun for us and absolutely surprising success we are going to have a bunch of new content coming up soon including we're going to start interviewing people so i'm really excited for some of the interviews we have on tap Yep, everybody. Thanks. Thanks again. Very right. great. Awesome. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye bye.